It's the Progress Pod, a production of the Franklin County Coalition for Progress. I'm Pete Mazzoni with Jeremy Kate. Quote, these times are truly unprecedented and silence is acquiescent. Black Lives Matter, period, full stop. These are the opening words of our guest, Matt Fogel, a Republican who has served the county's district attorney since 2009 in a statement to Franklin County citizens. It goes on to say, I confess, when I first heard that phrase, my immediate reaction was that all lives matter. I was wrong and part of the problem. For white Americans, please understand that what you are being asked to meaningfully consider is the unique experience of black lives, our fellow Americans. It is not enough to avoid being a racist. I humbly submit that it is likewise not enough to be anti-racist. It is about actual, meaningful change. To Franklin County demonstrators of this past week, thank you. My office is not far away from the demonstrations in Chambersburg. I purposely left my window open and heard you. I also heard those motorists honking support all week. This is America, and you have performed a very American act. America weeps with you for the appalling murder of George Floyd and what it represents. I encourage you to continue in this positive spirit of change and equality and to not abandon this momentum. Demand that our national and local leaders authentically confront institutional racism. Moreover, expect and demand that they actually do the necessary hard work to finally correct our shamefully failed promise of equality for all citizens. In the midst of this ugly political climate of division and tribalism, Thoughtfully choose only those leaders that unite us rather than divide us. On June 1st, 2020, both the United States military and the Holy Bible were grossly misappropriated. An American hero and patriot, General Jim Mattis, was moved to eloquently comment. He was 100% correct in every single sentiment he delivered, and I proudly stand with him. For my fellow Republicans, I encourage you to exhibit political courage and never put the party before the country or conscience. In union, there is strength. In November, we must vote. We must unite one team, one fight. May God bless the United States of America. Thanks for coming on the show today, Matt. We really appreciate it. These are some very powerful words you're sharing with the public. My first question would be, what kind of reaction have you gotten? I have received um, an enormous um, outpouring of, of positive support, and um, I have uh, received support uh, from uh, people from um, all different uh, political um, affiliations. And um, I, I have to tell you, I have not received any any direct, at least, uh, negative uh, comments. Um, it's been nothing uh, but support and, and uh, along the lines of what I was trying to say of unity and uh, healing. What, what motivated you to make this statement? You start out saying that all lives matter and you were wrong. So what changed for you? Well, so the statement was several paragraphs and I, I support equality. I support free speech. I support the United States military. Um, I support the Holy Bible and the concept of unity. And so uh, that's what was in my letter. And so um, 
the the some of the comments that I've heard about it takes courage or whatever to do that. I uh, honestly I don't necessarily comprehend where that's coming from. Uh, maybe naively, I, I suppose, but um, I don't often make a statement like that um, publicly as as a DA. I, I've I've tried to inform the public when necessary. Um, you know, as related to my my, my job specifically. Um, as it relates to laws or cases and, and the like. And uh, I, I haven't often um, used, a, I guess, a bully pulpit, I suppose, if you will. But uh, I was motivated uh, by many things. Uh, and obviously and naturally, uh, the events um, of, of George Floyd's uh, murder and, and, and everything I've witnessed um, following that. And so um, leading with the, the three words, Black Lives Matter, was important to me because from my own personal perspective, um, I, I, I think that a lot of the tribalism that I later spoke about in the letter has, has created a society we live in now where people can't listen um, and can't um, be thoughtful. And so I, I wanted to start with that and, and kind of encourage everybody to be thoughtful and, and meaningful and self-reflective and so this moment feels different to me we've had other moments like this um unfortunately over the course of uh my lifetime i've witnessed um similar um national events um that have resulted in demonstrations unfortunately and and uh so this most recent with the murder of george floyd um, I'm obviously very busy at my work, um, but I'm also a citizen and, and I try to stay informed and uh, have watched the news and, and listened and uh, observed. And so there's a lot of things have happened and uh, what I've seen sort of evolve, I guess, is this different spirit. Uh, I feel like personally from what I'm witnessing, um, what I'm discerning from this with an open mind, is uh, more unity than, than I've seen previously, it, at least that I've witnessed. Maybe it's been there and I haven't you know, witnessed it or been able to or whatever. But I, I see something different now. I think this is a different moment uh, and a positive moment, if you will, uh, in terms of the aftermath maybe leading to some better uh, result, um, some better changes of, of heart um, and awareness. And so, so just the events themselves and, and witnessing and, and literally uh, having my window open and, and listening and um, observing, as I said, a, a very American thing and um, trying to be as reflective as possible. And certainly in that last paragraph, um, the, the events of June 1st, um, obviously I had a visceral reaction to that. And I, I don't say a lot of things publicly about politics necessarily. Um, I, I suppose that's a, a political statement, I guess. And uh, I do think it is linked with the first two paragraphs. I think it all is sort of intertwined. There's this um, environment right now that we're in that we saw a man murdered over an extended period of time on a video which is, you know, maybe different than some, some of our prior events. And then we saw, um, well, we're, we're living with um, a worldwide pandemic, 
um, the COVID-19 event that has shaped sort of our, our behaviors and our, um, our connectivity uh, with each other. And, and uh, that's a, a, a dynamic that's sort of part of all this. And then we have um, the events in Washington, D.C., uh, the current uh, climate that, that's been created over some time. And so I think, you know, there may be other things, but for me, those are three things that are, are maybe a little different and, and, and distinct right now. And uh, the events of that day, June 1st, I, I thought had to be included because it's, it, to me, is an example of um, this misappropriation and um, sort of pro-division, which is, for me, at least, the exact opposite of what our nation needs right now. So specifically, June 1st, you're talking about the Lafayette Square incident? Yes, sir. Okay. And so as <clears throat> it's been reported in the media, uh, chemical irritants were used to disperse a peacefully protesting group, allowing the president to uh, have a photo opportunity, is my understanding. And that was a bridge too far for you. Yeah. So, yes, the, the, the comments of um, mobilizing um, active duty military forces for for um, our cities, um, then along with the walk over to the church and then the, the photo op um, was was uh, troublesome to, to me, to say the least. And um, so I, I, I'm motivated right now mostly um, to, to listen and to help um, heal our, our community. I have a very, I'm a very small fish um, in a small pond and, and uh, I struggle with the idea of actually um, releasing this statement and only in that I, I don't have uh, the hubris to uh, think that everyone needs to hear what I think about everything or, or anything. So I honestly, it's a sort of my wiring. And so I, I struggle with the idea of, you know, who is this guy now? He wants to say something and he wants attention and I absolutely don't. Um, but I, I do have an office that I hold and I serve the, the citizens here. And um, I felt compelled uh, in terms of duty and obligation to speak on it. Uh, and, uh, you know, the military is something I have experience with. I don't need to speak a lot about that or wear it on my sleeve. My faith is, is certainly um, very dear to me, and it's not something likewise that I wear on my sleeve or, or, or I'm very public about. But um, for those people that know me, um, you know, I, I don't, I said I didn't really perceive the any idea of courage that was needed to do this because people that know me here, um, whatever political affiliation, um, should probably guess that, um, when general Mattis says something and uh, general Powell and Allen and others, um, yeah. Matt's well, probably going, chiming in. Matt's probably going to be uh, standing in, in that same line with, with those fine Patriots. And, uh, so, um, that's the sort of the motivation. I, I as I said, struggle with the idea of, of uh, not not wanting uh, any focus on me, but um, certainly um, whatever I can do to uh, to help in, in the middle of this. And again, as I see as sort of a uh, out of a horrific event, uh, maybe something positive uh, shaping our country. So if I can add to that, that's fine. And further, you know, starting with the the three words black lives matter 
um, and I, as you just read that, I explained sort of my history with that statement. And obviously, there's, there's lots of talks about um, police and, and police operations and uh, and you know, brutality and and the like. And so, as an elected DA, obviously, I work very closely with the police. I, I love the police, um, and and we work together in in our particular community. Police here and, and nationwide are, are horrified by what happened, and and we're all going to have um, these conversations going forward. Um, deeds matter much more than words, so um, I, yeah. I I sent my letter, and uh, I'll do a podcast, I suppose, and maybe talk to a couple of reporters, and then get on with the work. And so, and I'll do that rather privately and uh, with uh, some connectivity, person to person, but. Um, using those three words to me um, weren't just provocative necessarily, although they certainly, I guess, are getting attention just because of my party affiliation or, or job. And I understand there's maybe some history uh, when those words started, but there's lots of images that we've seen over the last several um, days and couple of weeks. and. Uh, there's one I'm sure many people have seen of, of, of a young black girl who's got a sign that says um, Black Lives Matter. Um, it's, let me pull it up here. Her sign says, we said Black Lives Matter. We never said only Black Lives Matter. We know all lives matter. We just need your help. Right. right. We need help with Black Lives Matter for black lives are in danger. And so I, I see this image of this girl, she's got sunglasses um, on top of her forehead and I see her face and I think of her and countless other um, young girls and, and, and boys like her in our community. And, and she's saying, can't you just say the words? Yeah. Why can't you just say the words? What, what is it that you can't say the words? Cause I, it would really help me if you said the words and uh, yeah. it bothers me that you don't. What, and so I, I will always look into that, that um, young girl's eyes and, you know, figuratively and say, you matter, young lady. Don't, don't ever let anybody tell you you don't. Yeah, and that's the right thing to say. I would say on, you know, whether releasing the statement's hubristic, I would say this is what the community needed to hear, specifically from you, that we needed to know that you stand with all of us. And I think what you did uh, represented your office and you personally very well. So that's my comment on that. And let's let's move on to making changes. As you mentioned, uh, we've been down this road many times. Uh, the calls for reform come out. We have to, a terrible tragedy has to occur. There's rioting, there's protests, but nothing really changes. From your perspective, what what would be a place to start? So I'm going to give another um, long answer, sorry, but um, it's sort of required. I, I think it was it was five or so, I think it was five years ago, um, I gave very similar um, comments that were um, technically, aside from the third paragraph, very similar comments that um, were public in nature, but not necessarily covered by the media. And so uh, that was five years ago. And at, at the time, what I had said, and this was a, a post-Ferguson uh, time, and, uh, you know, we had been uh, 
having discussions nationally about body cameras and the like. And uh, so my statement was about the way we do our jobs. A part of that needs to be, and I said a lot of things to preface this, you know, I set up with a lot of um, my feelings about similar to what I just said about this young lady in the photo. Now there was a, there was a similar photo back then, actually, as I think of it um, that moved me. And so uh, part of that in terms of results was uh, a protocol regarding uh, body worn cameras here, a protocol regarding, um, eyewitness identification procedures, a protocol related to um, recorded interviews. And the theme of that was not only a, a, a race issue, um, it was in the middle of a bigger race discussion. It was a, it was a public confidence in, in criminal justice uh, issue, I, I suppose, as well. And uh, as I said, that was about five years ago. And so now um, we're, we're here again and there's still more conversation about, well, obvious conversation given, given what precipitated our discussion with a police officer murdering a citizen. Um, necessarily, there's, there's been a focus on, on police and police interaction and, and how that can change or uh, be defunded as, you know, is being discussed now. And so I, um, in terms of, of local um, law enforcement or policing or criminal justice, uh, I, I I heard someone say recently that this is someone at a demonstration saying this isn't about policy change; it's about heart change, and I thought that was pretty powerful, um, and 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 obviously fundamental um, to what's happening or has been happening in our country for hundreds of years, quite frankly. So so. Can this, am I Pollyanna? No. Can, can this generation maybe be the one um, that finally um, heals and, and removes or at least um, redresses this, this stain on our history? I hope so. And um, so to focus right now with all of this positive energy and spirit that, that I'm hearing and, and seeing, um, to focus solely on law enforcement or police or criminal justice, I, I, I respectfully submit is is going a little small, and I, I think that there's a bigger um, potentiality to 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 address the overall spirit and, and heart issue, and also um, some more fundamental issues related to opportunity, related to education, um, healthcare. And, and the like, I think that um, I would I would encourage everyone to, to not only look at, at law enforcement and, and criminal justice, but to use this moment um, to go big and and fundamentally look at opportunity um, and, you know, most most all police interaction. Um, and I, I wrote this um, in a questionnaire the ACLU sent a few years ago, most police interaction um, is with citizens who are in a lower socioeconomic strata. And, and so the question is, why is um, a, a particular race disproportionately represented in an economic strata? And so it's a bigger, tougher issue, right? That's um, a big one. So let's, That's a really big one. But let's have the discussion and, and uh, let's listen to everybody and let's be civil. Let's have what are going to be necessarily difficult conversations all the way around and, and 
but they need to be meaningful and healthy and, and candid and open-minded and, and uh, you know, unifying in purpose. And so um, I, 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 I feel like there's a bigger opportunity here, I guess is what I'm saying, um, than, than, than limited to things like defunding uh, departments and, um, and the like. Well, let's talk about defunding the police because the nomenclature is completely misleading. Um, yeah. Defund defunding the police is more about redirecting money to, let's say, start with social services. Police officers aren't trained in social services. Do you see some of this being a part of change that might happen in our community? For instance, you give the example of a lot of the interactions are with lower income people people who don't have necessarily access to social services who need them. Is this something you're willing to consider as far as budgeting and the police? Yeah, I think that's fair what you said about um, sort of the um, misleading or misinterpreted nomenclature. I think that um, it's, it's interesting. I, I just said this recently too, I think within, actually within this year at one of our criminal justice advisory meetings where I said that, you know, we, we hear from the state, um, we hear from uh, the nation's capital about criminal justice and, you know, oftentimes tied to grant funding and the like. And, and we're told, you know, you need to do um, this or that with, with addiction, with mental health, with um, education, those types of things. And so oftentimes county levels are asked to explore those types of things when it comes to, to jails. and, and a, a, specific population of individuals that are that are in a county jail and so my comments at the time which were pretty passionate were that why do we why do we talk about these issues when someone's in jail and right and why do we right. ask why do we ask a da and why do we ask a judge why do we ask a police chief to deal with these major societal issues All right they're if, the wrong people if we really them. give a damn we'll we'll fund these other areas. So I agree with that and I have said that. And so, um, I, yeah, I, I think that a police officer is not trained to be um, an addiction specialist, a, a mental health no. worker, a social worker. Um, no, and to your point about the bigger question, I mean, that there is some reform has to happen at the police level, but that reform has to carry out through many other layers. Right. So let me ask about something that we, we witness over and over in these, these videos, de-escalation. How can they be trained? How can police officers be trained to learn to de-escalate? I mean, you've, we've all seen these situations where they go from zero to a dead body in no time at all. Is that something that can be changed? Yeah, so so I can I can draw my ex experience, my life experience as we all you know do. It's uh, we're humans and that's what we do. So, and and I've experienced currently in the last eleven or so years as a DA working very very closely with police officers. I I have my own background uh, with, with some military deployments and training, and and um, actually part of that is being a military policeman. So, um, yeah, I. I believe I was deployed when Abu Ghraib um, broke, when that story broke. Oh, wow. And um, I was uh, I was in Afghanistan. I believe I, I might need to uh, 
Um, it might have been a different controversy at the time, maybe a burning of a Koran by a soldier or um, abuse of a corpse or something. But those types of things have happened where soldiers or service members have not upheld um, the honor of, of, the, of the military uh, code of ethics. And uh, therefore, myself in the same uniform in a deployed environment certainly um, was shocked and angry that now I know that I'm going to be seen. I have that same uniform, you know, and so I'm yeah, going you're, to, you're the enemy, 100%. I'm the enemy, and now that's going to be directed at me. And, and where I'm at in Afghanistan, people are upset about it, and they see me. And so that, that informs me. I'm in a civilian role now, however, working very closely with police, and, and I, so I can empathize with the position they're in. I know um, police here. Um, very well. We're we're a very tight knit group within law enforcement. It's a family um, atmosphere and, and relationship, and um, it's it's confounding, as as I hope you can imagine. Just like I felt as a soldier, not even able to understand how those soldiers could have done that at Abu Ghraib or burned a Koran or or abused a corpse. Um, and, and so now they have to confront that. And so as if their jobs are hard enough, um, they have to try to counterbalance um, the atrocities that, are, that everyone's witnessing on the screen. And so um, police are, are, are trained in de-escalation is the thing, you know, and it, that's the confounding thing. And police departments will continue to, to, to do their very, very hard work um, and, and, and follow what they already have is their protocols. Um, and, and I hope there is not a next event, do you know? Um, but yeah, me too. There is a, uh, a final report regarding the president's task force on 21st century policing that came out in, in May, 2015 that I happen to know, for example, our local um, Chambersburg police department uh, follows very, very closely. And um, I would say that our policing in this county, in, in a lot of respects, is fairly progressive. Uh, you may be familiar with our co-responder program regarding mental health that's all over the county. Um, that's a, a partnership with, with mental health um, providers where um, in the appropriate situations, uh, police should not be responding to those. They should be maybe liaisoning as necessary, but then handing off to an appropriate mental health provider. We do the same in the field of addiction, and which is something we're still in the middle of an epidemic of. Uh, all of this. The, ama um, the amazing thing is it's just one thing upon another this year. Yeah. I want to ask you about something that's being brought up a lot, qualified immunity. Is this something you feel should be removed and thus exposing the police to uh, maybe criminal or civil liability? Well, I'll be honest with this. It, that's one thing that I haven't given a, a lot of thought to. I, I do think that we, we need to have these conversations and we need to be serious and, and, and thoughtful and, 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 and thoroughly analyze each of these. And so, um, it, is that possibly something that um, needs to be amended? Yeah, that, that can certainly be something that's on the table. Um, the reallocation of some resources or, or I guess, reallocation of responsibility, I guess, is a better way of putting it, um, 
that's another thing. Um, you know, I've, I've heard also mentioned school policing, um, maybe uh, being revised or, or the like. Um, unions, uh, there are a lot of things that, that I'm sure you've heard of as well. And so I, I don't think that anything um, that I've just mentioned should be automatically off the table for discussion. And so um, it's got to be a serious, thoughtful discussion too. Sure. So to the question of the bad apples uh, argument, you know, we hear the stories of the police who aren't good, uh, are known bad actors in their departments, like evidently this man in Minneapolis, Derek Chauvin, had a long and sordid history yet remained on the force. As a regular citizen, I mean, what are we to make of this? Do you know there is an interesting thing, thing in, and I presume you imagine that this is something that I've internalized. Every police officer who's, who's not that officer in Minneapolis has had to internalize and, and consider. And then again, each and every time this has happened over the last uh, numbers of years. And um, so, yeah, the question is how, how does it happen? How, how is that possible? And, and, and what were, were there signs? And it certainly sounds like there were uh, with this particular officer. And so, um, it's, it's, as I said, confounding um, to many police officers um, everywhere as to how, how this happens. And oftentimes, you know, I guess what, what comes to me is that there's been a lot of, I've had, as I said, a lot of outpouring of, of support, which has been very, very uh, moving and, and um, well received by me, obviously. And so a lot of it talked about courage or leadership. And so um, I do believe that leadership is a just in, in entirely necessary part of, of running a police department, which which is an entirely obvious statement to say. But um, it's not just something to say; it's something to exercise with with a lot of care and and to do it well and to not. So a chief of police or um, you know a lieutenant or sergeants, corporals, and the like. They're not just leaders because they have the rank. Um, leading is, is a verb, so it's not just to have the position, but to actually be a leader and and make sure that that any type of mis uh, misconduct is 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 not permitted. Certainly, something as grave as this, and so it. You know, um, I've been around, I've been uh, talking with, with all of the chiefs and, and, and line officers as well the last few days. I mean, we, we have a rapport already and, you know, in light of my letter and uh, I wanted to see if we could start the conversations and keep going forward. Deeds matter more than words. And so, in fact, this morning um, I had a conversation with the chief and we were talking about um, there's so many similarities between the military. Um, and in the police department in the sense of this. And I guess I should be careful saying that, in, in the sense of this. Um, in the military, every, every soldier, in my experience, is instructed that no matter what your rank is, um, you have the authority um, to, to not obey an unlawful order, for example, or mm -hmm. to call out something that's unsafe. And that's a cultural thing within the military that I'm personally aware of that is, is 
just so foundational and so understood and so embedded into the idea of being um, a soldier. Um, and, and, and I believe um, that, that 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 is or, or should be, if it's not, um, a likewise um, code within the police department that no matter what your rank, when something like that is happening, you have the ability um, to stop it. And no matter what your exactly, it, it almost sounds like you're addressing the situation where the other officers, in the case of Mr. Floyd's murder, were kind of passive observers for of sure. his misconduct. Right. And so, in police culture, what that that military ethic doesn't exist. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. No, I'm sorry. No, it it does. I, it goes back to my point of leadership mattering so much and and again leadership is not a title um leadership is is character and it's it's hard work it's being setting the standard and the example and can continuously being dedicated to it so much so um that that it, it is cultural and it's not something that even needs to be thought about it is um, it's not a crossroads uh, moment where someone has to make a you know decision. It's just embedded. It, it, it's something you don't even really have to think about. And so, it, it, it's up to the leaders um, to to set that tone and to, to maintain it and sustain it, and and to incorporate um, other viewpoints that maybe have not um, been incorporated previously. I know Chambersburg Police Department again. Um, you just met with the chief this morning and I know they have been buried uh, much so leaning forward um, in um, implicit bias training, for example. And, and that's been going on for some time. And, uh, you know, I'm limited to my knowledge of what I see every day here in Chambersburg. I think there is a distinction. It appears, uh, you know, from a rural area like we live in and a smaller population there's obvious differences between that and, and say a Philadelphia, Pittsburgh and a bigger city. Ob- there's just obvious yeah. distinctions, but then there's just, it seems like this sort of thing, this sort of awful interaction between police and citizens um, is often in a, in, in that sort of a metropolitan area. And so I, I don't know, I'm not suggesting I know what that means um, or what the precise difference is. I think that's part of these conversations going forward. I know the Chambersburg police department, um, you know, obviously serves this town. I, I sit in now in my office and um, they have been leaning forward with, with many initiatives. Um, and so this is, so the reforms that are necessary, it's interesting. Um, we have to be open and, and candid and Chambersburg, for example, has been um, already and they will continue to do so. I, I'm assured of that. Um, but many of the policies and procedures that are being requested to be, you know, done in these national conversations, you know, a lot of departments have already adopted. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know we had limited time with you. Uh, as a member of this community, uh, what you did makes me proud to be a member of this community. So personally, I want to thank you for that. Thank you so much for your time, Matt. Keep up the good work, and we'd love to have you on the show again soon. Hey, thank you so much. One team, one fight. There you go. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt.
Uh, Jeremy here. Let me jump in to say find us online at progresspod.org. And if you'd like to send us an email, it's progresspod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.